Hello. Hi. Welcome to this very special BAFTA I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here Masterclass. I'm Boyd Hilton, your host for the evening. I write about TV and films for a living, uh, which is lucky for me. Um, we've got a brilliant panel uh, to look behind the scenes at this incredible show. But this evening's whole event is part of BAFTA's Learning and New Talent program, where we work with the best BAFTA nominees and winners to share their insights into their work. And we have events including craft-led panels, masterclasses like this, lectures to explore issues facing the industry, and we, they del we deliver over 250 events like this across the UK and in America and Hong Kong. Check out BAFTA Guru online. It's the hub for inspirational career advice from the very best in film and television and games. And also sign up to the BAFTA newsletter to find out about the range of opportunities that we have on offer. You'll find video content, podcasts, Q&As from people like me, yes, that good, from events and awards activity. Check it out. All our upcoming events, previews, masterclasses, lectures, etc., are on the BAFTA.org events page. And also, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at BAFTA and at BAFTA Guru. There's also a special announcement regarding television nominations, which will all happen on the 28th of March for both the TV Craft and the TV Programme Awards. And the events themselves will take place in April and May. And at BAFTA, there will be a programme of special events on the 27th of April featuring TV nominees this year. Watch out for an announcement about that. And finally, let me just say thank you in advance to the I'm a Celebrity team and to ITV for working with us to help us sort out and organize this very special masterclass. So we're here to talk about the phenomenon that is I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, a British reality series produced by ITV, ITV Studios in which 12 celebrities, in case you didn't know, are abandoned in the Australian jungle. The show first aired in 2002, and this year it will be entering its 19th series in the UK, with over 11 countries producing their own version of the show, including Australia, Germany, France, and America. Extraordinarily, the last series was the most watched yet, which in this, these days of Netflix and Amazon Prime, etc., is quite incredible. They have cameras filming 24-7, producing over 40 hours of live TV programming over three weeks from the Australian bush. In this session, we're going to talk about the craft of the show, the planning of it, how it's really made, what the challenges are, and how they're overcome. We're going to look at the digital engagement across the platforms and how they keep the show fresh and relevant time and time again, to the extent to which the last series was the most popular ever. And at the end, there'll be time for you to ask questions, so be thinking of anything I forget to ask or don't ask, or if you've got better questions, please raise your hand right at the end and we'll come to you. Please welcome our panel for this evening, production executive Helen Kruger-Bratt. <laughs> ITV creative director Richard Cowles. Celebrity producer Mickey Van Praag. Executive producer Tom Gould. And celebrity contestant John Barrowman. <laughs> and celebrity contestant Fleur East. Welcome. You got your drinks there? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nicer than the ones you had to drink on the actual show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they weren't that, they were bad. Yeah. When you're doing it, you kind of, you kind of go to a place where you're really hungry, really thirsty, and yes. you're wanting to taste something different than 
you know, potato <laughs> tea yeah. <laughs> and just plain water. Absolutely. Before we get into the nitty Sorry. gritty... So okay. shut up then. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into the nitty gritty, we're going to start with a look at the meticulous planning that's involved and the logistics of the whole thing before you even begin filming. How does it all start? What's the first thing you have to do? In, in, in time for the next series starting, what is, how does it all begin? Uh, it never really stops, uh, to be honest. It, it, it's a year-round process, um, because after we finish our series, uh, Germany go in and use the same location for their series. Uh, so then that keeps going. But we kind of come back. We have a meeting with uh, the channel controllers in the network and talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. And then uh, Mickey's already started casting for this year. Um, and then the, the, the team gradually sort of properly build up at around April time. Um, and then we start looking at the format uh, alongside casting. And then the team come on, the, the trials team come on in about June. And then they fly out in August uh, and start testing all of, the, uh, all of the trials and whether things are going to work. And then they're joined by the challenge team. And then it's just a constant, a constant process of um, it's a machine that never stops. So is it the case that, if, is that the way it is for you as well? You're always thinking about the show and how to move it on and how to progress and the lessons learned from previous yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So as Richard said, now we're sort of like winding down all our accounts from the previous series. We're in conversations with Network about transmission dates for this year already. Um, we're ramping up the team. We bring in the format team that look at what crazy, wild and wonderful things they can do with the... Uh, the celebrities uh, that particular series and yeah it's like Richard says you sort of like ramp up as you go along so by summer sort of by August time you've got a big core crew out in Australia who start you know building the site so the site is there 24-7 it you know has to it's, you know all the elements the rain wind storm damage so everyone has to get the site back up and running then the challenge and the trials team arrive then they start building you know, we have porter cabins arrive left, right and centre. So really, by the time that you're there in October, you've got a proper machine. It's, you know, it's properly operating by them. Then come November, we're pretty much 24-7. So is it, is it technically, presumably, like things have advanced since when the first sh the show started yeah. in terms of cameras <laughs> yeah. all of that? Is it easier to, or is it uh, is that dif different challenges? Well, I think... I think it, it grows. So, you know, if you look at what we do now, you know, there's a massive digital team that work with us. There's, you know, we make international versions. We're sort of what we do with the press. It, you know, everyone wants a, a, a bit of the show. Mm. Um, I think technically we would say that what's made a massive difference is things like, you know, we used to do everything on tape. So we would, I think we started off with like six terabytes of storage and it would take two hours to ingest every bit of filming that we've done. Now everything, it's an online world and we've got, is it petabyte of storage it is now that we've got going on? <laughs> so yeah, I suppose that we've digitally evolved as well. And Mickey, for you, that, that this, your, your the casting process is the key for you. Yeah. So it's already started. It's already season. started. It's very early days. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start asking who I've got, but yeah, it's already started. Yeah. And what? And do, and do you? Are you working on that kind of alone almost, or are you constantly? At the minute, right. I am. I sort of get a team, sort of, uh, you know, as we progress into the year, the team normally starts about May, June time. But yeah, at the minute, I'm by myself, just thinking about who makes up the core of that cast. And are you looking at 
what's happened in previous years, the mix and how that's worked out, and you're kind of like, you're working to a rough kind of template almost of the, the kind of ingredients, celebrity ingredients that work? You know, I think we know what works. Uh, you know, I think of our show as a comedy, so I think, you know, we're always looking for people that are funny and high energy, so we know that those types of things always work, but otherwise... Jamie didn't have any of those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you two are here. I've got no idea what you're doing here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but otherwise, I think you want to do something completely different every year. You don't want to paint by numbers. You don't want to look for the next Harry or the next John or the next Fleur. That doesn't right. exist. There's only, to do something, uh, there's only one. There's only one. <laughs> so you've got to do something different. I think the key thing is it's broad. Yeah. Right. And it needs to appeal. Because it's one of the few shows um, that appeals across the board. You know, we have, we have people from 8 to 80 watching mm. it. And so, you know, the way I've always looked at it is you want to have at least two or three people within the cast that every member of the family will know. And so you've, you know, which is it, it's quite a difficult thing to do, but you just want to have enough so that everyone can sit there and go, oh, I know those people. Yeah. Um, and it's got to appeal to everyone. Yeah. And it's really, you cast, it's, it's a weird way of casting because you cast yeah. for show one, which is when you guys and the press all react to it, yeah. and then you cast for the rest of the series, yeah. and you've got to get that balance. Because yeah. right. you always drop in surprise. Yeah, yeah. but there but are layers But in terms to of you've got, to, you've got to have it so that it will appeal. Uh, it's not just about the names. It's mm -hmm. about people who are going to be interesting and hold your attention for, yeah. for three But it's years. also it's so unpredictable because <laughs> you can put together a group who you think have all the elements that, that you need, um, <laughs> and we obviously always do that, but at the same time, when you put them into that, environment you have no idea of what the dynamic between them is going to be and how they are all going to cope with the pressures that we put them under and are you keeping the presenters involved in this do you, do you talk to them do you liaise with them about the people you're thinking of and or, or do you just let them carry on their lives and then when the show arrives tell them we update yeah, them yeah we update, okay. we update yeah. them okay yeah. Yeah. If, if any of the presenters, if, if Angel Deck go, oh, I really think we should have so-and-so in this year, do you, does that ever happen? a conversation. I mean, they will always suggest names, um, uh, but we all always suggest names. Poor Mickey gets so many emails <laughs> from everyone uh, about, you know, all the people. Everyone's got, everyone's got the best cast. I, yeah. I, I suggested my husband this morning. Scott's <laughs> going in, where is he? Do you have agents, presumably you have agents and publicists bothering you on a daily basis? Yeah, but that's great. <laughs> Keep going. Right. Okay. Yeah. I love that. No, it's, you know, it's a compliment as well. You know, the show's so popular and it's, you know, it's a wonderful thing that people want to be involved in it. But it is, it's an ensemble cast. So, you know, I can meet somebody that I absolutely love and have the best meeting in the world with and they just don't work in that mix that right. year. Right. But, you know, you know, they might work another year. John, from the moment you signed on, what 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 do you then do? Can you prepare? Do you sit at home eating kangaroo testicles? Do you? <laughs> Have you ever been in my house? <laughs> um, I, I remember our first meeting was at uh, Soho House, and we and it was, uh, it, it was fancy. And I, my manager Gavin was with me, and I had said to my husband Scott that I was going. And I, you know, I think availability had been checked other years, yep. and I wasn't available. Um, but this year I was available, and. Uh, that was what, probably April? No, it was early, yeah, it was April It was really May, early, it was really April early. or May, yeah. And then I took a little while to really decide about it and mm -hmm. think because I wanted to make sure that I was ready for it and, and mm -hmm. there's really no way you can prepare. If anything, to be honest with you, I, I, you know, I said this the other day and I know Fleur knows this, but 
I, I started eating a lot more because <laughs> I put a little bit of weight on because I knew that if I went in, I was going to lose weight. Mm. Therefore, you know, and I know everyone wants to see, yeah, muscle and all that, but <laughs> no, really. <laughs> but the young men who were in that situation found it really difficult because mm. they had no fat on their mm. body and they were so tired. And the rest of us old ones, older ones with a little meat on the bones were like, yeah, <laughs> great time. We went for dinner the, the, one of the night before you went in yeah. and I have never seen someone shovel in so, so much. much food. Yeah. I thought it was because I was paying, but it was because <laughs> <laughs> Partly it was, but yeah, no, there's, there's really no way you can prepare, but it, it, it's one of those things that it's then always in the back of your head because you're thinking, it's not going to come up that quickly. It's not, and then um, holy shit, I was yeah. there. I'm in Australia, you know, and I'd been there for a, a, a convention, a Comic Con convention prior. I sent Scott, my sister, and my assistant home with photographs so they could post, thinking so people would think I was going home. Uh -huh. We took them on the plane on the way out there, and changed outfits, did all that stuff, and then I went into isolation. And I think it was a big surprise when I yeah. people weren't expecting it. Yeah. We kept it so. We really worked hard to keep it quiet, didn't we, hon? We kept really hard to keep it quiet. Right. Yeah. Blur, did you, did you do your homework? Did you kind of look back at pre <laughs> what previous series, or did you kind of go into it fairly? I did. I kind of like dropped myself in it pretty early on because I was at Anton Deck's Saturday Night Takeaway mm -hmm. backstage. This was like year, four, four years ago, yeah. five years ago. And I bumped into Mickey. And I harassed you. <laughs> and then she was like, you know, of all the reality shows you've ever thought about doing one. And I was like, well, out of all of them, the only one I actually would do is I'm a celebrity, actually, out of all of them. Because I love the challenge. Blah, blah, blah. And then Mickey was like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> Every year since then. <laughs> Every year since then. Mickey's not to my door. That's the same thing that most of us, yeah. pretty much all of us said is it's the only one we would do. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Because yeah. of the... It's not a backstabbing competition. Mm. Yeah. It's, if there's any you know, stuff that goes wrong, there's arguments, fine. But it's, it's about camaraderie. It's about competition. Yeah. It's about doing something, taking yourself out of your comfort zone and doing something different. And it's like the challenge of it. Yeah. So if anyone was to see my YouTube history right now, it is just, oh, I'm a celebrity, I'm a celebrity. Because the minute I signed on, I just went online and I battered it. I watched the show so much. I watched all the trials. I was like, just try and get your head in the game because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to face. I need to at least try and prepare myself mentally and it for it. And, and it, it didn't. No. <laughs> was um, it harder than you thought it, was it would very be? Hard. Yes. Yeah. It was the the, yeah. the 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 hardest moments, and this is something that uh, I I found the first four days were the hardest mm. because you're taken out of your isolation in the hotel rooms. Where your your the day your phones are taken away for anything that puts you in contact with the outside yeah. world gone okay, and you have a chaperone with you 24/7 who's in a room next door to you. So if you were even to try to creak out, yeah. that head pops and go, "Where are you going?" <laughs> yeah. Right. So you're 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 pretty much you're in that situation. So then when you go in, your first four days are obviously you're doing the you know the 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 show the the lawn show, but then when you're in camp. You're having to get used to a whole new routine. Mm. You're pooping in a bucket. Mm. You're showering in a, a waterfall, you know, in your underwear or your swim trunks. You're having to, you know, Fleur's brushing her teeth and I'm going to the bath. It's yeah. that it's close, it's right? Yeah. And you have to get, we had to get over a lot of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Immediately. So it, it, the first four days are the hardest, but once then you get past that, 
I'm not saying it's smooth sailing. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's difficult. It's challenging. But it was some of the. Be it's one of the best things I've ever yeah. done. And I've said it before. I would go back in a second if yeah. they did. What was the hardest know. element of it for you, Fleur? I think just being away from loved ones because I've travelled a lot, like doing music and stuff. But you can always text and you can always FaceTime and things like that. But then not having your unit around you, not being able to just pick up the phone and just be like, Mom, I've had a really hard day or like just being able to vent to people. So a lot of the time, I remember when, when our camps merged at first because I was at Snake Rock first. And then when I met the whole group, it was, it, was, it, was, it was really difficult to gel because everyone had their roles. So it's like I saw Sarah and Nick were like the cooks and then you were taking care of like the domestic side and everyone had their role. And I remember walking off the first morning and thinking, I don't fit into this. I don't know what I'm doing here. And it was like, who do I speak to? Because I couldn't really talk to anyone else because we were on camera and we were all going through the same thing. So it was really difficult to deal with that. And I had to like have a little word with myself. And then the minute I got over that and just surrendered to the jungle, so, yeah. then it was incredible. We had, the, we had so much fun. Yep. Tom, um, once the show starts, and once you get, it starts with a very dramatic um, arrival of everyone, those initial tasks, which are always incredible to watch. But once it settles down, is it ever hard to come up with your, your, your footage for a show every night? You, is that a challenge? Uh, well, no, I think because we go into the series having meticulously planned, we go, there's no other show that I've worked on where I know pretty much every minute of every day what we're going to be doing in terms of trials, challenges, format points. And that, in a sense, is our insurance policy because we need, we need to know that. We need to know that partly because those things are quite big builds, so uh, it's not something that we can just throw together at the last minute but it also means that we know that we will we have sort of the building blocks of the show that have developed over the years um, and those give us the certainty that when we cut together the show and it's a it's not a lot of time we've only got 12 to 15 hours of content to then make the following morning's show and that's a tight turnaround there's no other show no other reality show that does it in quite the same way but obviously if there are we hope and and there almost always is lots of stories coming out of camp and that means that you might change and maybe you don't do a particular challenge that you've planned or you change a particular format point so you have that flexibility but going in with that planning is really key and Helen what are the what are the biggest challenges in terms of like for example you know, I mean there's a sheer number of Small animals and insects yeah. and all of them, snakes. And is, does that ever get easier to sort that no, out? No, it never, <laughs> ever, ever gets easier. It always gets harder. I think I always look at it that we're sort of an ecological retreat based in Australia, but also making a live show within, as Tom said, overnight in sort of like 12 hours. And then all the different departments that you're sort of managing. So you've got your carpenters who are building all your props and your challenges. You've got your critter team who literally, you know, will be like, we had one year that we didn't get enough uh, cockroaches because there was a shortage of cockroaches. And, you know, everyone's <laughs> like, oh, my God, like, as soon as, like, we'd finished filming with some cockroaches, there's this poor man, like, <laughs> scooping them all up for the, next, for the next year's show and then the next day's show. And then you've... You know, and then you've got your uh, animal team and the welfare, and just it is so no day is ever the same. But you sort of like fuel on that adrenaline, and also you're just in the elements as well. You know, it's the weather. It's you know we've had floods, we've been cut off, 
from getting the crew from their hotels in their minibus to site because of like a torrential downpour. You've got lightning strikes that have blown up, you know, all our equipment and that, that's happened about three times. Wow. And then one year, the edit suites, um, the UPS wasn't working and no one could work it out. I had all the power people in my office going, what the hell's going on post-production? What is going on? No one could explain it. And there's a bloody great um, brown snake coiled up in the, uh, in the computer. And that's the thing. We are actually in the elements. Everyone thinks, oh, we must clear the jungle. We clear the jungle from all yeah. these snakes and spiders. <laughs> we don't. We, don't. And we have, you know, so we have specifically trained security guards or medics because you have to have a license yeah. out in New South Wales in Australia to be able to move a snake. And you'll, you know, you just have a radio. I, oh, you know, I've got a, a brown one found who we're sending in. And they literally go with like a... Hessian bag and kind of move the snake along. Yeah, so we, were, we were told if you ever saw anything, you just shout ranger <laughs> yeah. and you stay where you are. Yeah. That's like yeah. telling kids to not touch candy. Yeah. Yeah. We were all like, oh, look, <laughs> <laughs> look at that python eating that rat. And over, you know, there's, a, there's a loudspeaker that if there's an emergency, they can speak to you yeah. and they say, step back from the snake. Yeah. Did we listen? No. no. Yeah. Naughty. But, you know, eventually yeah. we move back and somebody then yeah. comes in dressed in camo, yeah. picks yeah. it up, takes it out, makes yeah. sure it's okay. Yeah, so we have, you know, so we run a 24-7 security team who will have camouflage faces. They will be there in camp just to make sure that, you know, everyone is kind of safe and well. So it is, it is a fine oiled machine, but even so, there will always be, every series, there will be some Lovely, wonderful, surprise. inspiring <laughs> surprise. <Yeah. laughs> Richard, from ITV's point of view, do you, if there's conflict among the contestants, is that a good thing? I think there's almost, if you feel for critics and viewers, maybe you expect it when they're not getting on, that's good drama. But actually, the last few years almost, they have got on pretty solidly, haven't they? And it's yeah. still been a huge hit. So it's does been that one make of those sort of um, things about the show where people always think that we cast for conflict. We never, ever have. Um, we've, ne we've always... Uh, try to put people in there that are interesting. And I think with arguments, it's sort of, um, it's fine when it happens, but if it goes on for too long, it's quite dull. Mm -hmm. And it becomes a bit relentless and it can become a bit uncomfortable. And we've had years where it feels a bit too much like that. I think a little bit of bickering is good um, because it sort of helps you understand how different, difficult the environment is. But we've never ever wanted all out uh, rows. I think as you said, it's people coming together in a sort of common pursuit. I mean, what we're trying to do here is, is basically see what our celebrities are made of mm -hmm. and how will they cope with all of these things. Are they going to be supportive of one another? The Bush Tucker trial is really designed to put the focus on one person. Right, you've got to go out and you've got to basically bring back the bacon for the rest mm -hmm. of your camp. Are you going to do it? Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, that, and that's a very sort of basic human need. Can I feed my fellow campmates? Mm -hmm. Talking of the particular challenges, like technical and, and human challenges, mm. do you, when you look at the, um, the celebrities and if, in terms of duty of care, yeah. you know, um, are you often thinking you have to make sure that they're looked after psychologically and all those reasons, and how does that work? Yeah, of course. I mean, there's a big yeah. medical process that everybody has to go through that I still won't go into the ins and outs of, that we really look after them. And then while we're on site, my whole job is their welfare and the welfare of their friends and family at home and then when they're out in Australia. So it's a it's a huge part of the show. And, you know, we have a medical team that are there with us 24 hours a day. We have our psychiatrist yeah. that's there with us. Yeah. And it's, it's a huge yeah. part of the show. Yeah. 
health and safety, because you're getting into very dangerous stuff, aren't you? I mean, it looks, I mean, you know, the health and safety issues, I'm always thinking, you know, we that's... We have a, a myriad of risk assessments right. uh, <laughs> pertaining to everything, shall we say. Okay. How much do we need to boil a particular uh, <laughs> 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 insect? Right. You know, so, yeah, it is all methodically. I mean, my risk assessments that come through the inbox are quite amazing. They kind of could keep you up at night, but, yeah, it's sort of... We work through it all and look at how we will mitigate the risk. And as Mickey said, you know, the medical process that we go through, Fast. everyone has an idea, for example, this a trial may involve claustrophobia. Mm. Will that have an impact? It may involve, you know, skydiving or swimming or scuba diving. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all... You know, there shouldn't be any surprises like that. Right, mm. but are there are there ever surprises? Are, are there surprises in terms of the, the, the celebrities, once they're there, turn out to be completely different to how you expect them to be? I don't think they often do. I think often they can they can do things that surprise you. I mean, for example, uh, Amir and Strawberry Gate is like the first thing yeah. that sort yeah. of comes to mind. But, it, but so that was surprising. But no, I don't think I don't think so. I think you know, I, myself and my team spend a lot of time with everybody and talking to everyone. So I think we have a good sense of what people are like. For you guys, can you ever get used to being filmed 24-7? Do you, do you forget that the cameras are there? You yeah. forget straight away. Yeah. Straight away. You, 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 you do. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to tell a fib. I've been doing it for 30 years. I know that there's cameras there. Mm. And it's a situation where you just have to let go. Mm. Because you have to put over a tr an element of trust mm. in the people making the program that they know what they're doing, OK? You're there for a particular reason, which for me was I went in to entertain, to have fun, to challenge myself. Mm. So that was my, I'll tell you the people who were more nervous, and I'm sure you got this also, mm. Fleur. My husband, Scott, and my family were more nervous yeah. than I was. Yeah. And more so, because Scott just said, you know, he used to say, he said, you just have to make sure you eat what's available. I'm like, why? He said, because you can get hangry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you, you kind of don't, do you? You don't. No, you, don't. you just kind of, you just get on with it. And you're, you know, we were just seeing the clips as we were watching behind the door. When I ate that spider, I actually, I remember what it felt like and tasted like, but when I was doing it, you kind of just go to a different place. Yeah. And it's like that, that basic instinct, I got to get food, I got to, Finish this. I don't want to lose. Mm. That's it, mm -hmm. right? And you just you, you you basically immerse yourself in a bubble. So the whole time you're there, initially, yes, when you first step in, you're like, oh my gosh, we're on the show. This is it. Oh my god. <laughs> and then like the next morning, you wake up and you're like, oh, this is how much we're eating. Yep. Oh my gosh, this is real. I'm in a hammock. This is it. And then you're in a hammock, and then you're going on the dunny, and then it's like that just becomes your world, and you almost just shut off from from the real world. That is everything, and that's why emotions are quite heightened mm. because these are the faces we wake up to every day. These are the smells we wake up to every day. And that's why I think when we met our family in there, that's why the reactions were so raw, because it was like, oh my God, like, you're alive. There is a life outside of that. You know, it's like, and then it reminded us all why we were, why we were in there. And it reminded us that people were actually watching us, because you do forget, you completely forget. Mm. It's only when Deck and Hollywood come in and they go, the public have been voting. And you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, there are people are watching. Yeah. yeah. Right, so you forgot. And, and I think we go, you know, having worked on lots of different shows where there are kind of hidden cameras, I think we are one of the best out there because we have cameramen in high, in, yeah. in hidden fiberglass yeah. rocks. So the very first time yep. I went and stood there and saw camp, I was like, 
where are the cameras? I literally can't see yeah. them. Wow. Yeah. So no, they're, they're, we go yeah. to such, we, we choose the cameras that will not make any noise, mm. that won't make any, you know, it's, we really, you know, we've got these poor riggers <laughs> who literally will spend hours just cable tying <laughs> the tiniest pinhole camera to a, a tree. It's a, it's a particular work of art and we're very proud of it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. You can't hear the cameras. But you can you can you hear, hear the, the, the cameraman break wind. Oh. <laughs> there was a couple of times because we were like, we were like we we would look at the camera and go we heard that <laughs> and the camera just would sit still. We know they can hear us. Like, yeah. We heard you. <laughs> Did you have a curry time. last night? <laughs> give me no. a give me no. a yeah. might, might I say about the, the whole medical issue and the thing? I experienced that firsthand when I fell and and uh, did my ankle and yeah. Mickey was right there. As soon as I was taken out, I knew I was not in danger. No matter what chaos was going on around me, I knew I was going to be okay because there was someone there from the staff till they got me in an ambulance. They put me in the back of the, you know, the truck and, and took me to uh, get x-rayed. And Mickey stayed with me through all the x-rays, through the hospital visit. Even when I went in, because I, I, I couldn't go back into camp that night. So I said, <coughs> I want... I, d I want to go back in. Mm -hmm. However, I want to be treated like everybody else is still treated. So they put me in a hotel room, but they stripped it. Stripped it. Oh, they wow. stripped the hotel room. And I even said to them, you know, I'm not going to take a shower. <laughs> I don't want to do any of that. I want to stay. I don't want to come back and not. He's a good guy. Yeah, but I would have taken the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go in, feel. And then they say, what did you do? Did you? No, I didn't have a shower. Ting. <laughs> you know, I wanted to, so Mickey was, and you know, even in that in the morning, you and said. I got a very odd message from the hotel the next day because they said all of the contents of your room were in my room. <laughs> <laughs> I said she's a <laughs> right. yeah. So trust that I, they know, they look after us mm. and they're really on top mm. of it. But you mentioned Fleur when Ant and Deck come in, when, or, or Holly and Deck or whatever come in. You suddenly remember that you are part of a TV show, and does that so is that a kind of jarring moment in a way? Yeah, it's really strange, very surreal. Because you go from your bubble and then it just gets burst for a hot second when they walk in, <laughs> and they're like, "The public have been voting," and then immediately I always thought in my head, "Oh my gosh, my mum and dad are watching this," so I'd kind of like sit up and always make sure that I was like smiling so they could see that I was okay, because you you don't. You forget that they're watching you on the show before. So that's like the moment you think that you're connecting with home. So it's like I'd always sit there and be like, I'm all right, mom, I'm all right, dad, I'm okay. Lots you of know? people have hand signals. Are they yeah. 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 Well, they bite yeah. <laughs> your like, bracelet or whatever it is. Yeah, you know, right. Everyone had a little code as well. <laughs> like, but that, that's literally your portal into the real world when they step in. And it's, it is very <laughs> surreal. It's really hard to describe, but... Yeah, it's almost like you're just in this alternate universe yeah. when you're in there. And, and even our, even when the camera guys sometimes have to go out there and do some like pre-trials or post-trial interviews, yeah. even you know watches, watches aren't allowed to be seen. Yeah. They're covered in black gaffer tape. Wow. You know, it is. Absolutely... I've got a really funny story about that because we don't know the time of day when yeah. we're in there. We don't know what day it is. We don't know the date. We don't know anything that's going on. And one day, um, the voice came over because you know the crew have to speak to us every now and then. And they're like, oh, so are you guys getting ready for lunch? Because we started making some food. And this is in Snake Rock. And we were like, no, 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 we're having our dinner. And the voice sort of just went, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, why are you being weird? Yeah. And then we came out and it was at the rap party that they told us it was 12 o'clock midday. Yeah. That was night. Yeah. We thought it was six o'clock in the evening. Yeah. <laughs> that is how out of touch you are when you're in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that is Crazy. really weird. Tom, have, have the, in terms of going back, you know, years when, when it started to now, 
has the technology changed? Has the way you made the show changed particularly? Is it, you know, how has that affected you? I don't, I don't think it's changed that much. The point that Helen made about storage and going tapeless has made a huge difference because now we're in a situation, which is obviously a massive benefit when you're on a fast turnaround show, where anything that happens in camp, an editor can be cutting it within 10 minutes. Mm. So, and, and that obviously wasn't the case when it first started. Um, in terms of the cameras and a lot of the equipment, it hasn't changed that much. I mean, it has to be incredibly resilient yeah. because of the environment Either that it's in. But yeah. beyond that, it, yeah. it hasn't changed. And I suppose the only thing that, you know, if you look at when we started out, you know, it was sort of like a two-week transmission period. That was mm. the start of I'm Celebrity. Then it went, when we went to three weeks, that's when we started bringing in snake rocks. Dish so then we were then looking at additional resources, additional cameras, so we could have split camps. But we still have the same satellite dishes we have two different types of satellite dish i should know more about this i need to <laughs> channel my inner that's okay. we don't need to know these. yeah but it, you know but you have so you have different satellite Go dishes doing a different way no. to the uk oh. and one gives a better signal but is not good in rain <laughs> so when it really rains then we have to switch to the other dish so yeah and everything that you see you know there's no local power we have to bring in our own generators we have to bring in our own phone lines our own internet so it literally we just come come there and sort of create our own operation when we first started I remember we just one of my first days working out there I went oh I just need to make a call I was like well I can't make a call and someone went well you've not booked your power yet have you and it sort of <laughs> dawned on me how we have to be utterly self-sufficient What's the worst thing that can go wrong? From your, is, it, is it the weather? Is it a weather disaster? Is it insects running out? What's, what's the kind of worst nightmare? Um, we th I think anything that we haven't prepared for. And we're prepared for most things. I think um, health and safety is, is the key thing for us, is anything that might affect the welfare of the celebrities. Mm. You, you know, when John mm. uh, got injured, mm. you know, that is, that's the sort of the big crisis for us because it's, um, although we've got all the plans in place, you know, we don't want that to happen. For us, it's about uh, making uh, the celebrities sort of get close to fear, but we don't want to hurt anyone. And I think where, if anything like that happens, that's when we, that, that, you know, that, that, that's the worst thing. They do look after the friends and family really, really well, and that's one thing that ITV does amazingly. They put them up at the Versace. Mm -hmm. They make sure they're together. They're up every morning four or five when it comes time for the voting off, and they come in together. There's a camaraderie develops around the families. I mean, my mom yeah. and dad oh, are they absolutely, they love family. Molly, uh, you know, Harry's granddaughter. Mm -hmm. Molly looked, you know, after my mom and dad, along with Scott, and who did a great job. And they, they also, they yeah. do look after them very, very well. They do. They have a wonderful, they will have a wonderful holiday in Australia. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, and I often think they always look quite sad when their loved one comes out <laughs> <laughs> because they've made dinner plans that night or they, you know, they're going shopping. <laughs> That was the thing Scott was looking forward to the most. He said, you go in there. He said, I'll get a two-week vacation. It'll be fabulous. That is a great bonus. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to talk in a minute about um, what makes the show so unique, so watchable, so incredibly entertaining year after year and how you kind of keep it fresh um, and exciting. Before we do that, let's have a look at another clip. And I think we can safely describe this moment from your series as pretty iconic. Let's have a look. You look so skinny, Blair. Oh. Me? Yeah. Oh. 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 Oh.
I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm just wasting away, as my dad would say. I love my bones. I love my fires. Pizza <laughs> rice, not very nice. I love my I love my boss. I love my fats. I love my breasts. They're very nice. <laughs> Don't eat the pizza, you can only have one slice. <laughs> I think it could be the Christmas Together, you got a massive hit. Yeah, I like my bum. I like my, I like my breasts. They're really nice, or something like that. <laughs> we all remember it. Yes, sir. Yeah. I like my bum. I like my fats. I like my fats. Very nice. I couldn't quite get the words. You know, they, obviously that's edited, but that probably went on for what four or five hours. All of us. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, yeah. a moment. Was like we can build on this. Something to do. Right. Doing it because the thing is that people don't realize there are so many hours where you're doing yeah. nothing. You are just sitting there. So you have to entertain yourself. You know, and we were just making all these. We had so many songs. We had literally yeah. an album's worth of songs that you guys didn't see. <laughs> Yeah. 3,684 3, yeah. palm trees. <laughs> Stop wow. it. I was, I was ask, were you guys surprised by the things that were picked out yeah. and became like that became a big moment for yeah. the viewers? Were you surprised at the things that were big moments when you when you came back and got reaction? Yeah, and, and actually we were quite surprised by the things you didn't see. Oh, okay. Yeah, there were loads of conversations that we had. There were other songs that we made up. There were moments that were really big for us in an evening. And then we've spoken to our family. We said, oh my gosh, did you see when we had that debate about? And they're like, no. Nope. I'm like, oh, okay. So and it must not have been interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> no, yeah. The, 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 I, I've watched, I haven't watched the whole thing through because I haven't had the time to sit. I've watched yeah. specific episodes that I went to and I wanted to see how, mm. it's, you know, what was going. I, you know, it, yeah. It, it, again, you put the trust over. And, that there, and obviously, and I, I just, I, I, I'm asking the question kind of, how do you do it that you follow a specific narrative? How do you find that narrative in, in, a, in kind of storytelling in a way when you want to go with something? How does that work? It's a really, I mean, it's, it's a honed process that we've kind of done over the years. I think the thing is you've got your building blocks that we've talked about, you know, the trial and the challenge, and you've got to have your, your trial payoff. But it's also a really democratic way of making television because you have like a lot of producers and a lot of loggers all watching everything that's happening through the feed. And then the producer is as a deciding what's going to go through to the edit. And it's this constant funneling, which is why some of your stories won't get there. Yeah. Because by the time Tom gets to view it, and then by the time I get to view it, 
I don't even know a lot of those stories uh, exist yeah. because a producer earlier on has decided, okay, this is better than that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's the only way we can make the show. You know, it, when we come off air, we have nothing. There is, you know, we are up to date. We have said, you know, John's doing the trial. And then we're creating new content. Yes. We've got 20, we're going to be back on air in 23 hours. So it has to be this sort of focused, you know, and we're aware of themes and we're aware of, you know, things that are happening and relationships that we want to follow. So we'll kind of plot through that and we'll be keep, keeping an eye out for things. But essentially, it's just this funneling of stories. What was interesting, though, for us in that aspect is at night before we all went to bed, you would finish your dinner, mm -hmm. then you would have a bit of chat time and you'd talk or you'd do something and there might be some little game that we would play. And then before we'd go to bed, everybody would go into the, the uh, telegraph and you'd be asked a plethora of questions, yeah. different subjects or whatever. And then we'd all go to bed and go, would they ask you? Would they ask you? Yeah. And you'd try to figure it out, but you never got it right. Never. So that, and that's what was it. That's why I'm asking because obviously at that point, you guys are developing something mm. that overnight yeah. while we're sleeping, exactly. you're creating for the yeah, next absolutely. day. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, yeah. Do you, when, you see, when you see footage like that, yeah. In the raw, when you see it, I guess live, do you do you know when you've got TV gold like that? Do you do you, do you kind of making notes going? I think this is going to be. I think moments like that, you can see, you know, you can see how brilliant they will uh, they work in in the VT. You can absolutely see that. I think with other stories, there there's more work in the edit. You know, the Bush Telegraph is crucial to us in terms of telling the stories. And so as John says, because at night we know that camp are going to go to bed and then we won't have access to them again until after the next show um, goes out, we do have to cover a lot of ground at that point so that we know that whatever stories do as the night goes on, kind of we hone down and we think, right, okay, that is, that's what we're going with. We need to know that we've got the interview that kind of we also don't stories. want them to know what stories no. we're going with. Exactly. So we do yeah. ask well, we did a broad... We never yeah. did. It was such a broad spectrum of, spectrum of questions. Yeah. There's no way. And also, by the time we were done, we were out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were out late. asleep. Yeah. And we, I, we, I was just saying to Mickey earlier, we thought it was like midnight, one o'clock. We were eating at six o'clock at night. We yeah. thought it was like nine. Yeah, mm. we thought it was really late. And then we'd go to bed. We thought it was about midnight. No wonder when we woke up in the morning, we all felt really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you got a full we eight hours. <laughs> full good night sleep. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Helen, what is? As I mentioned at the beginning, this is the most watched series yet. The last series, mm -hmm. which is phenomenal, isn't mm -hmm. it? I mean, just a, are you amazed and surprised <laughs> at that? And B, what is the secret of that? And what is the secret of keeping the freshness and keeping it surprising? I mean. I think we were all delighted, and I think we would say that we've had a particularly amazing cast um, for the series. And also, it's just as you know, Richard was saying, it's about trying to keep it, the familiarity. So to everyone, I think it symbolises really the start to Christmas. You're the kind of the three weeks before um, Christmas, you know, really begins, and people look forward to it. And it's about keeping the things familiar to the audience but looking at the little tweaks that you can do. And really, you know, we look at the walk-in, which is the, the opening to show one. That's where we kind of move mm -hmm. things around a bit. And then it's the, the format points as we go along. I don't know if you want to add to that, Richard. Yeah, I think, I think um, I'm 70 has been on for, you know, that, that was series 18. And there's a familiarity. And mm. I think it's sort of, you know, without being, it becomes, it becomes a brand. And I mm. think when it becomes a brand, there is an ownership by the audience. And they, you know, mess with it too much at your peril. And I think it's really important that we, we, we sort of work within a familiar kind of template. Mm. 
Um, now, there's a lot of room for creativity, and that's why we bring on a team in April, and we're looking at format points. I mean, we built a Colosseum in yeah. the jungle, <laughs> you know, this year. So there's yeah. lots of room for it to be developed, but you want it to be within within the template. And, and changes, uh, they evolve rather than be overnight. So there's sort of a gradual change. And I think it's become a much more of an entertainment format over the years. Mm. Um, and we've embraced the entertainment. At the beginning, it was, it was more sort of factual entertainment. Whereas now, I think we've, you know, there's still, you know, it's still truthful and real for the celebrities and everyone that's living there. But I think we've embraced entertainment yeah. and the trials have become more playful. Yeah. You can yeah. build a coliseum. You, yeah. can, you mm. can bring Noel Emmerds in as emperor. And, <laughs> yeah. and that all feels normal that within mm. I'm a Celebrity. Yeah. And am I right in saying that I feel, I feel like the links, the presenters' links, Antidek and Holly did a brilliant job as well, are, seem, like you, they seem to be really worked on the running jokes and the... Yeah. Just, they, have, they are comedy gold, aren't they? They're mm. some of the funniest things on TV, I think. You know. I mean, watching, uh, I mean, watching Holly and Deck and Anton Deck um, work is, is an amazing thing. So the way it works is we have scriptwriters that come in at about 9 o'clock at night, they watch all the VTs and put together a rough script. And then, uh, well, this year it was, it was Deck and Holly, and they came in, and we do a script read. And then it's about evolving that script, because then we watch all the VTs with them, and it's picking it apart. On a good day, you know, 75% of the script will survive. Uh, on a bad day, less. And it's, uh, you know, and it's this constant, but, you know, they're constantly honing to the moment, even sort of in the VT before they come to that link. It's changing around, and you know, especially with with Ant and Deck, who you know uh, are, are like no other hosts. They can, we don't even know what's going on because they'll kind of go, "You do, it? yeah, yep, yeah. okay," and then, oh, yeah. it's brilliant, mm. you know. So they are so clever mm. uh, and constantly evolving every gag. Uh, right up to the last minute. Because you described it as a comedy, which... which yeah, I think... Is that the key thing for you, is, is maintaining the humour and making it funnier? It's the humour, and just at its heart, it has to be warm, because we are a family yeah. show, so I think the warmth has to always be there. But for yeah, me, I want to sit down, and I really want to laugh every mm. night. Mm. Yeah. For you guys, there is jeopardy there, though, isn't there? And so when... The fact that you're being voted on... But, I mean, you've experienced that in two huge mm. ITV shows, the two biggest ITV shows... Is, is, does that get easier? Does that, is that stressful? Is that, you know, po the popularity contest element of it? How do you deal with that? It's really hard, actually, because, you know, it, for example, you mentioned, like, on X Factor, for example, that's a real competition, mm. that you're going head-to-head -head and you know that you're voted on your performance. But on a show like this, you're just being yourself day-to-day -day and you're not really against each other. You become more of a family. So we're mm. all supporting each other and... You, you buddy up as well, and you want your buddy to be in there for as long as possible. So the jeopardy is, oh, my gosh, I don't want this person to go, or it's, oh, I don't want to leave yet because I'm having the best time. It's more a sense of that rather than that competition. And you don't really think about the popularity almost until, until I guess, you get really far because it was when we were getting whittled down and then we started to think, oh, my gosh, wow, people are actually keeping us in. <laughs> and we're just, we're just being us. And that's like really humbling as well, you know, coming from a competition where you're judged on a performance to then just being voted for just, just for being yourself. You know, we were all just be becoming sure. really humbled, weren't we? And just really and happy that we were there. And some, you know, some people in the group, we would all be talking prior to Holly and Deck coming in and mm. we'd say, well, I'm not, you'd hear people say, I'm not bothered yeah. about going, da, da, da. You knew they didn't want to go. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And some people, you knew they were ready. Yeah. You just knew at the right, that time, 
And, you know, at those times, the audience also knew because the people that wanted to go, they went. And the ones who didn't want to, who might have pretended to, didn't. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. And it, 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 you just, if I were giving advice to anybody going in, my big piece of advice would be just be yourself. Yeah. Don't try to be anybody else but yourself. And if you're liked, you're liked. And if you're not, then that's okay too. Mm -hmm. But if you're yourself, people will like you. Yeah. yeah. Were, were, you, were you surprised by, how, for example, Harry became, you know, hugely popular phenomenon quite quickly yeah. as yeah. for viewers. Yeah. Were you surprised being in there, just how popular, for example, he was? And what, did any of no, your fellow... No, no, no. The, the minute I met him, because yep. I didn't know anything about Harry, to be fair, before I went in there. And there were rumours that he was going in there. And I was like, Harry Redknapp. And those of my like, football friends were like, yeah, oh my God, do you not know who Harry Redknapp is? Like, what's wrong with you? He's a legend. And I, was like, <laughs> and I was like, what am I going to talk to him about? I don't know anything about football. And then the minute I met him, we just clicked instantly. Yeah. And I just knew that if people saw what I saw in him, that he was going to win. Like, ultimately, from the first week, we were all like, Hazard's got this. Like, he's going to win this. <laughs> but then it was interesting because with Anne in particular, she had a really rough time in the first few days and she was almost, she was talking about leaving and yeah. I was like, nah, because I saw something in Anne in the first few hours of being with her and I thought, if people see what I'm seeing, they are going to love you, Anne. And then every, every time she survived the vote, I'd just run up to her straight away and go, Anne, you're still here, baby. You're still here. And Anne would go, Anne would go. <laughs> you know, I'd rather be at the palazzo. Yes. <laughs> as long as they don't make me eat bugs. She was the most genuine reaction when she got when she got told that she was leaving. She was like, yes! Yeah. She genuinely wanted to be at the hotel. Yeah, you, you were ready. Anne is here, yeah. by the way. Anne's in the audience here. Yeah. But Anne, that, that's what I mean. Anne was ready to go, and the audience knew she was ready to yeah. go. And Anne was like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the back of her, she was gone. <laughs> Mickey, I think that Anne particularly, um, Anne and Harry, feel like two very, I don't know, bold somehow casting choices, maybe. Like, did that feel that way to you? And do you have to be... Like, I would never, like, for example, I never believed that Harry was going in, even from rumours started. I am a Even when fan. he admitted it on Even when he admitted it, yeah. On until he admitted it. But yeah, even when, it just seemed extraordinary you'd get him, you know, and, 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 and as well in, in a different way. It seemed such an unusual choice. Yeah. Is that the key finding unusual choices? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, I think the key for casting is that you want, uh, you want the cast to feel like a treat and you want them to feel like a surprise. I don't want to feel like I've seen them before on a million other things, yeah. And Harry's been an obsession for years. So, really? <laughs> I was oh, so you've been trying to get him for a while? Oh, God. Oh. But like with all of them, I've been trying for years. Yeah, so. It's a war of He's very Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, had no, I, had, like, I had no idea with who... Ha I mean, I knew who Harry was. Obviously, I'm not stupid. But the first thing that we'd start talking... <laughs> 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 no, I don't mean it that way. <laughs> but like, like Fleur, I really thought I'd have nothing to talk to Harry about. But then we talk, started talking about our relationships and we, mm. and that started and we'd realized we've been together a, lo a long time with our, our you know significant others and I also then started talking to him you know I told him that I fancied his son which he kind of went hmm? <laughs> 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 like your son Jamie really hot everyone fancies Jamie of course <laughs> he's used to that though no totally it totally you know and then, then he would tell me the story of how he Jamie used to say to him he doesn't know how why son, you know dad why, does, why did mom pick you? Yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So it, 
<laughs> no, no, no. But that, but these are the conversations that we have that that people. You just they, they're conversations that really come from nowhere. And I, what I also loved about it was was we didn't have these. Mm. Yeah. We didn't have these in there, and we were, um, you know, we were talk. We talked. Talk. We had to. I, we had to get to know each other. We had mm. to talk to each other. And that might sound like a forced thing, but it's not because when you don't have that to escape to, you know, and we all do it. We all. So, yeah. But. I, you know, I don't allow it at dinner anymore. You know, put it down, talk. So that that this experience has had long, long has that a long lasting effect? Has it changed mm. the way you? I behave? was kind of like that before, but it okay. has changed more so because I will check people if they're on their put the phone down. Mm. I'm like, what? I say, put the phone down. Talk to me. It was a lovely experience because at dinner dinner time was my, one of my favorite times <laughs> because we'd sit around the fire and then we'd just talk. Because we'd go off in little groups in the day and people would go off on trials. <coughs> but at dinner time, it involved everybody. Everyone. And that's when all the stories came out and we would sing so much as well. From when you first met everyone, each other, that first, you know, right at the beginning, who surprised you the most? Um, in what way? Just in terms of not being how you expe you'd expect them to be from that first meeting to when you got to know them. Um, for me, actually, I said to Emily, to be fair, because all I'd seen, because we hear rumours of who's going in, but we don't know who's going in. So I would constantly be checking out who, who could potentially be in there. <laughs> and Emily, everything I saw of Emily was like, she was gorgeous, oh, yeah, like this, this bombshell, like she was hot. And I was like, oh my God, she's going to be like the shower scene girl. Oh my God, she's going to be so hot. Like, <laughs> how am I even going to like compete <laughs> with that kind of thing? And then we got in there and she was just so down to earth. And I said to, and with Sarah as well, I said to both of them, I was like, I Googled you before and you just looked like these hot, hot chicks <laughs> online. And then we get in there and you're just like my homegirls, like girls that I could like go to the pub with, girls I could go out with. And they were just so real and so down to earth. And I think that's what I was surprised by the most. Everyone in there was so real and genuine and down to earth. And I think that's why we clicked so much because none of us were really phased by what we'd been through, all the glitz and the glam of the industry. I think we, we, what we had in common was that we all hustled to get to where we are. I, have another, I think that's why we connected so much. I have another so theory. But I, the, the, the thing for me, I didn't know. The only person I knew was Nick Knowles, because mm -hmm. Nick and I launched Channel 5 years ago on wow. Five's with Five's company. We had worked together wow. in our 20? <laughs> and uh, so I knew Nick. Mm. However, uh, for me being in the States filming on Arrow for the last you know, five whatever years, I didn't know Fleur. I didn't know Emily, I didn't know James, mm. I didn't know Anne. I mean, I knew of the things that they had done. Mm. I knew when I saw Anne's face, I knew that she, you know, she was the governess, because <coughs> I've seen the chase. But all those people I didn't know. So for me, it was a whole different experience. So I didn't really expect anything from people. I was more worried about the getting along aspect. Mm. I mean, and sorry, Noel. I knew Noel from years right. back, um, you know, when I was doing Live and Kicking and he was doing House Party. So yeah, I don't think it, no one really shocked and surprised mm. me and I think we all got along also with what Fleur was saying but also because none of us were in there desperate to revamp a career mm. right mm. we all were work we were working we were doing things so there was a very different feel for us when we were in there but it does give you a career boost doesn't it? I mean it does of course it yeah. does mm. yeah. hallelujah <laughs> <laughs> I have a catchphrase now <laughs> <laughs> and what's that catchphrase <laughs> <laughs> Quite right. Love you all. <laughs> Tom, do you, do you, in terms of the tasks and the... In the <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Yeah. 
pushed up a trial? Do you have to outdo each other yourselves every year now? Do you have to make it more spectacular, more intense? Yeah, I think it's always going to grow. And certainly with the walk-in, we're always going to try and be more ambitious every year. You know, a few years ago, the skydive was the sort of pinnacle of the walk-in. And that was the moment that viewers sort of, we built up to and viewers wanted to see. But actually, over the last three or four years, we've had to go bigger and m more scary than that. So whether that was sort of walking the plank off the focus building or the edge, which the guys did this year, you know, we have to sort of outdo ourselves. And the same thing applies with the trials. And also because a lot of the trials and challenge team come back year on year. And so I think they challenge themselves. They want to push themselves, you know, and you do something out there and you think, oh, actually, maybe if we tweaked it this way or we added this to it, it would be even more intense for the celebrities to face. So I think that happens. And I think you end up sort of outdoing yourself in that way. I think it's, um, it's important to give them the credit as well. The, the team are absolutely unbelievable on Amber 17. You know, a lot of people, both Australian and uh, from the UK, come back year after year. And everyone just wants to make it better each year, make it better. But I mean, walk-in is the, is the one that scares us the most because we, uh, we do a complete dry run of it. So we do the whole walk-in with stand-ins, um, just so that we get it right for that first TX. And pretty much every year we change everything mm. from dry run to, to walking, you know, tweak it. It feels this, more visually spectacular. Yeah, for you. I mean, it has to be. You, we, we want to start every series with the biggest show. Um, there's not many places where you can kind of direct six choppers flying around the Australian rainforest. You know, it's an amazing thing to do. Um, but yeah, there is always this pressure to go bigger and bigger. Mm. Before um, I ask you about your, your highlights of the whole series and also ask you a little bit about kind of social media and the effect of that, we've got one more clip to look at, and this is an all-time <coughs> classic <coughs> moment from the past. Let's have a look. Oh. Yeah. Take your hand out! <laughs> <laughs> 
Never tire of watching that. Never get filmed. Yeah. What strikes me is that these moments now, when the show's on, like everyone is talking about them with each other communally on Twitter and social media. Does that affect the way the show works at all? Are you looking at how people are talking about it on Twitter and all of that? Or do you have to separate yourselves from all of that? We're, we're aware of how people... I mean, I think, that, you know, we have a team uh, working out there. We have, uh, you know, a team of four or five people who are essentially compiling all of these clips and feeding social media and feeding that conversation. But, you know, we'll help them choose those clips. But essentially, they are massive fans of the show. And they, they sort of work independently from us in the fact that they, they pick all the things that they want to put there, and then they just basically run it by us. Um, we don't try and second-guess everything or second-guess the conversation, because I think the pro... Well, certainly with I'm a Seventy, the programme comes first, and it's a reaction, and it's just the way the conversation has grown. I mean, what's been amazing about it is over the last, I mean, what, I think it was something like two and a half million downloads of the app. We've got over a million people who follow us on Instagram. It, it, it's, it's enormous, and that conversation grows with each year. And it's also um, collecting a young audience, because that's the way <coughs> the young audience will communicate. And we're basically, you know, embracing our viewers of the future. So if we can keep generating, I think there was, it was our highest rating audience for 16 to 34s last year. Oh. So I think the more that we can kind of keep that conversation, and we want to be wherever the conversation is, whether that be, uh, you know, in the first place it's on Extra Camp on ITV2, but then it's also, um, you know, on social media and, and just basically feed that conversation. Is the ITV2 show key in maintaining that kind of, particularly the young audience, because in, 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 a lot of the presenters and a lot of the, you get ex um, uh, celebrities coming back, but it does have a kind of youthful quality, that show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, ITV2 is about uh, sort of starting the conversation, and, and it's for the super fans. We've always tried to sort of break down slightly, so if you, if, if you want to stay up after the main show and watch that, you'll kind of find out the sort of secrets, you know, the, the, the VT that we showed earlier was, was, was a little bit behind the scenes. So you get a chance to kind of understand the bigger picture of I'm a Celebrity, Plus also, you know, you can take a really small moment and turn it into something bigger and kind of really dissect it and go, you know, what's really going on here? And it is, Tom, isn't it? It's, it is, a, a, you know, in the days of when everyone's time shifting what they're viewing, this mm. live, mm. linear, mm. old-fashioned event TV yeah. is pretty important, isn't it, that it's there as a, as a, and, and, it's, and you're getting young viewers watching as well. Yeah, absolutely. It sort of demonstrates that if you do create something that it, it is event television at its best, and if you create that, then people come to it and they want to be part of it because if, if they're not watching live, they're not part of the conversation, whether that's the conversation at, at work or with their family or on social media. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to throw it open to the audience in a sec, but before I do, finally, I'm going to get from each of you your personal highlight of the series. Flo, I'm going to start with you. What, what was your favourite moment? Um, I think well, the, there were so many. 
but one of the highlights was definitely when we got to go to the Jungle Arms. <laughs> yeah. I loved that night because as a fan of the show, I always watched that night and thought, oh my gosh, how incredible would that be to get to go to a pub and have all the bar snacks and, <clears throat> and to hear music for the first time. And you don't realise as well, because you're locked away from everything, you don't hear any music, you don't get anything like that. So the minute they played music in there, we were like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And then they played sax as one of the first songs, which was my <laughs> song. And as well, it was nice because, like John said, a lot of people didn't know what each other did outside of the show. So it was like, kind of like my chance to go, ah, man, this is my song. Or like, Harry, <laughs> Harry, this is my song. Like a show and tell. And got to teach them the routine. And, <laughs> and it was great. And we hadn't had alcohol in three weeks. So everyone was buzzing <laughs> on <laughs> one pint. Like, it, was, it was the best night, honestly. It was, it was, it was a real highlight for me. John? Uh, it's really hard to choose because there's so many different things that you go through. Um, I'd have, it's just gonna probably be, it seem like a cop-out answer, but I think the whole experience for me, everything just in one because I was out of my comfort zone, I got to meet new people, I made friends that I probably would never have made outside, um, I interacted with people, I challenged myself, I learned things about myself, and I also came out feeling good about what I'd done. Mm -hmm. So I would say that, I'd have to say the whole experience for me was the best thing. Tom, you can choose, by the way, you guys can choose from the whole history of the show if you like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th I think from the last series, it would probably be when the family, when the friends and families mm. went into camp, because I think that sort of shows the balancing act that we're constantly trying to do as producers, which is to create good entertainment, but also for the, it, for the experience to be as authentic as possible for the, um, for the celebrities who are in camp. And I think that moment when you see the families go in, you see what it means to them and you see what an experience it's been. So for me, that was the highlight. Mm -hmm. Mickey? Um, when Noel went in, I mean, not only was it an amazing format point, that Colosseum was incredible, and I mean, who better to be the emperor, but just, just seeing the cast as a whole, and finally they were sort of all together. <laughs> oh, I mean, there's so many to choose from. It's sort of hard. I, I think uh, from the last series, I, I think when Noel and Harry were sort of in that, uh, the, 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 the little sort of emperor's bit mm. at the top, and you get those little revealing yeah. moments <laughs> where, you know, oh, I've got a bit of cramp. And you've got Noel Edmonds oh, massaging out yeah. Harry's, <laughs> Harry's car. Yeah. And you kind of go, that's what I'm a celebrity is about. I'm a celebrity is about you take people who you've sort of seen in one way and then you see their human side and you see them just sort of do what we all do. Mm. Uh, and those revealing moments are really sort of special, I think. And I think I would say, uh, for me, it was seeing Anne's journey in mm. the jungle and knowing, and knowing, as Fleur said, that you know the early days, knowing that you know it was a it was a big thing, and, and knowing that Anne, wa um, Anne wanted to leave, and seeing sort of you come and the team rally around you. I think we all mm. we were all yeah. so rooting for you, um, and then to know that the public was rooting for you and your campmates as well. It was a fantastic mm. uh, experience. So thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm now going to throw it over to the audience. We've got Mike, so if you put your hand up, if you have a question, and Mike will come to you. Uh, yes. Front row, right, right in the at the end of the front row. Yeah. So when you had um, trials and stuff, um, if they had any like hard limits, 
um, what would happen. Um, like, if, if you could tell they were going into shock mode, they were going into panic attack, um, how would you combat that? In terms of if, if the celebrity taking part was... Mm -hmm. I mean, we are monitoring all of the trials um, all the way through, so it never gets to that point. It gets to the point where people are scared, mm. um, but there's a, there's a degree of preparation. So in, in the build-up to the trial, uh, all of the celebrities are sort of talked through. So if they're taking part, they're talked through what's going to happen, mm -hmm. um, they get an idea of the things they're going to face, how they might face it. But we, we are always prepared for anything, if it goes, if they if they have a major panic attack, we can get them out really, really quickly. We are always there and ready for if it goes and, wrong. And I think to add that because we're monitoring 24-7, you know, we, we have a psychiatrist who comes on site, we would be picking up on anxiety of a particular celebrity and we would, we, there would be conversations around, is this the right thing to do? I don't think any of us would go into something thinking that a panic attack would occur because we would do our kind of research in advance and we would monitor uh, before the trial took Which place. is different, a panic, you know, it depends on the degree. Yeah. We're happy for people to be scared. Yeah. In fact, we embrace them. Yeah. 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 But what, yeah. you, what you don't want is for it to go yeah. uh, too far. Yeah. You know, and we've learned over the years yeah. how to sort of tell the difference. And we have exper experts yeah. there watching everything. And, it, and it's all part of the risk assessments of the trials. You know, we would all sit round and we will all, you know, we work with our health and safety team and we'll kind of say, so what's the unlikely outcome? Unlike, a likely outcome is, you know, bitten by a snake. We can all live with that. But, you know, if it's... Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're part of that. <laughs> you know. But, but, uh, but we wouldn't be living with, you know, a, a crocodile bite, you know. So it's, there's all levels of risk and, and that's why we... Those are those, yeah. those moments. I'm in that tank. Yeah. I'm in that yeah. boat, ready to go under. It's like, are you ready? And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to do it. I'm shitting myself, and I'm ready to do it. And then they go, but one thing, and they dump a crocodile in. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you just have to forget about it. Yeah. Get yeah. with it. Yeah. But you also at night, you you watch us when we're oh, sleeping. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And we are we're meant we're told to keep our microphones on. Yeah. So that they can hear you can hear us yeah. breathing. Yeah. yeah. You can monitor absolutely. stuff. So yeah, they monitor. It's, yeah. Mom's the big brother, big still, still going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lady really just at the end of that row there, and then I'll come to the gentleman. Hi, thank you very much. <coughs> you had a brilliant year in the ratings this year, and obviously you had an amazing cast, um, but obviously you had Holly, Holly Willoughby as well as an extra factor. Are you worried about if the ratings go down next year without Holly, and would you look to try and get her involved again if they did? Uh, we are very much... We loved what Holly did, but we're very much looking forward to Ant coming back. And I think it's just going to be an amazing series. I mean, I think that the job's for us to create a series and a cast, Mickey, mm -hmm. uh, that where everyone kind of wants to come back and watch more. So, yeah, no, I'm not worried about that. I'm looking forward to seeing Ant and Dec back again. And the gentleman in the front there. Um, thank you very much for an enlightening evening. John, Fleur, yeah. I just wanted to say... Um, I, I just have big respect for you for what you do. I think anybody going, that's, you have tremendous courage. My question is to Helen and Richard. Given the show is in constant use, the set is in constant use throughout the year, mm. do you get feedback from the other shows that are international? Do they give you feedback on, on have you had problems with their shows? Do they come back and say, um, we had an issue with this thing? Does, is yeah. it a constant liaison with them? Yeah, it is. So um, the site isn't, even though we talk about the site being there 24-7, um, 
it's only in operation for the UK show and the German show. So other territories, for example, ITV Australia, make I'm a Celebrity out in South, South Africa. And we kind of, we relate to, we say that the UK show is kind of the master brand and we create the Bible of how to make that show and the other territories will kind of use and they will sort of have a lovely catalogue of different trials that they will use. But it is ever-evolving and we will always welcome mm. feedback and we work, for example, with the site in Australia, we work very closely with ITV Germany when they make their series. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, a gentleman at the end of that row there. Hi, there's a question for the production team. Um, given that this has been your most successful year and one within which all the campmates really were supportive of each other, I wonder whether you had a view as to the extent that you know, the era of rows and antagonists and villains driving viewing figures could actually be changed rather than a sense of people being supportive and that be enough to really bring a good audience to you. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what I was saying earlier on. I, I mean, we've never really tried to get uh, people who are going to argue. But we're putting, we're putting an interesting group of people in a stressful situation. So I think what's most important to us is to see how people react to that stress. I think, personally, I think rouse can be quite dull to watch if it's relentless, relentless rowing. And I think people have, in generally in TV, got quite tired of that. There is enough going on in the real world uh, to make you kind of go, I don't need to see anyone rowing. I don't need to see people going at each other. So I think warmth is very much at the heart of our show. Um, and I think it always has been. But there has been years where, where we've had wall-to-wall -wall rows. And, you know, that hasn't been of our own making, but it's happened and it's surprised us. Mm. But, yeah, I think we will always try and cast for warmth mm. and for people to get on. But we want it to be as stressful as it can be safely. Because that's when you see people's true colours. You know, that's when you see how people react <clears> to one another. I mean, I know I sound like an evil producer, <laughs> but that's, <laughs> but that's <laughs> what, we, what we want, yeah. but, but in, a, in a controlled and, and, and yeah. good way. We, had, we didn't have rows, we had disagreements at times, yeah. but we, we just kind of got through them. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't say we all, you know, there was times where we, we didn't really, you know, we, we never fought, but there was bits times where we might say, you know, like Rita, when with the whole rice thing Rice's with me, babies. there was she just said, and I was like, okay, I won't do it again. You were standing outside that door when we were watching. The I know. No, we you didn't have say that. Yeah. No. And the next day no, I, you needed the rice. No, but I said, I said the floor. I said, I said but the next day we did need the rice, didn't we? We didn't have any. We didn't eat it all. <laughs> You're definitely Let's over go, it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Literally watching it, going. Lady, yeah, I was right. I was right. <laughs> Lady just in front of there. Hi, uh, this is for Fleur and John. Um, I just want to know, like I've always wanted to know, what is the feeling when you're walking down to the like Bush Tucker trial area knowing that you're gonna like be put through hell? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, you have no idea what's gonna happen. Yeah. Because as soon as you walk, when you walk like you're walking up to the Dunny, you walk to another section where there's a drawbridge, which is always up for us. And um, you walk under that area, and you meet with the crew that is going to take you to the Bush Tucker trial, and there's a, usually a producer there who mm -hmm. does that trial. They will say, if you're lucky, morning, afternoon, mm -hmm. 
and they'll guide you to where you're going, and you'll try to talk, you'll try to manipulate them as best you can, yeah. <laughs> say things, or let you know maybe what time of day it is, and they're just like, mm-hmm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> so they're, they're very, not cold, but you know, warm smiles. You get to the Bush Tucker trial, and then they sit you down, and you wait for a bit. And it's, I, I would think it's part of that getting the yeah. adrenaline pumping. Yeah. I'm not, you know, we know, I know television. So, and it's getting your fear up a little bit because you don't know what's going to happen. Then someone will come in and brief you. Dr. Bob comes in, tells mm -hmm. you everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. There's going to be terrible things happening to you, but you're <laughs> safe. And then you, and then literally in your head you go, shit. <laughs> and then someone says, okay, we're ready for you. And you go out and you're brief. You, your, your Holly and uh, Deck would talk to us, tell us what's happening, then they take you back, give you a safety brief, yeah. they record the safety brief so they know that you've been told everything mm -hmm. and you know you're in good hands and then you go eat bull penis and <laughs> But they talk to you as well, they communicate with you throughout the trial, so yes. particularly the one that we did together. Oh my God, that was... horrendous for so you. You don't know what you're doing, like no. you just turn up, it's like, and then Medic Bob came up to me and he said, so Fleur, you're going to face water and it's going to come face on, but you'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the next thing I'm told is there's this ladder and I've got to start going underground. But then the whole time I was, I was hyperventilating because I was so scared. I so just I was, kept trying to talk to I was to constantly you. Like, <gasps> like this. And then Holly was in my ear like, Fleur, take deep breaths, darling. <laughs> <laughs> deep breaths. Easy for you to say. <laughs> but actually it's really comforting because when you hear the voices, you, it yeah. kind of like reminds you that you're on the show, you're safe, there's people watching you, it's okay. And as well, I think there's an element of pressure because to deliver, because oh, yeah. you know that your family are going to watch it. Mm. So you're like, okay, I can't, I can't wimp mm -hmm. out. Like my mom and dad are watching this, my friends are watching this, I cannot wimp out. So the pressure just gets you through. That was like the hardest one for you though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was really difficult. Was, especially because you just, I remember you saying, there's a wall of water, I have to go under. And I, I maybe said something to you like, you'll be fine, take a deep <laughs> breath. <laughs> And there's like eels and crabs and spiders and rats. That one was a tough one. That was horrible, but you are briefed and you do have the voices in your ear. If you can try and keep it together, you're always okay. And you know you're okay. Thank you. <laughs> a lady just Hi, uh, my question is for Mickey. Um, has there ever been uh, a big name celeb you've been close to getting and then it's like falling through at the last minute and you're like, ah, has it ever happened? And yeah. So who <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there has been. I mean, you know, people pull out for, for various reasons. You know, there could be, you know, a number of different reasons. So, yeah, it does happen. I mean, it's absolutely devastating when it happens. But then I always think it sort of happens for a reason. And, you Next know, year. exactly. <laughs> and hopefully they come back, which is why I'm not going to tell you who, because I hope, you know, eventually <laughs> they'll come and do the show. Thank you. Uh, gentleman at the, in the middle. Of, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's more of an observation, really, in as much as um, all the behind scenes stuff that you've shared with us, us this evening has been quite fascinating. Do you guys, do you appreciate how much is yes. going on behind the yes. scenes? Okay. Yep, because you... <laughs> <laughs> I know you anyway. <laughs> You're not an easy nut to crack. Uh, Mickey, <laughs> have you got a degree in psychology? 
No. Oh. Oh. Literature. No use. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know a good story when you know. <laughs> yeah. Thank That's you. Well, thank you. Happy birthday, John. Thank you. <laughs> Two people in the middle there at the end. How much are we doing for time? Yeah, we've got time, hopefully, a few couple more questions. Two more. There you go. Thanks. I suppose mine is for Mickey as well. So, um, in terms of the casting process, from my experience of casting TV with real people, there's a process of, like, got to audition them, make a casting tape, get to know them. With celebrities, do you just assume, we already know them, or is there, like, a thorough interview mm. yeah, process? So, I, so, I meet everybody. Uh, initial meetings can go on for you know anything between 45 minutes to I mean we were a couple of hours we were a couple of hours as well um, but you you only have that first meeting to kind of really get to the bottom of somebody and and figure out what they're going to be like in there um, and and also you know you've always got a ton of questions that you want to ask so I'm always I'm answering them but then I'm trying to find out about you guys but yeah you sort of got that one meeting to really get to the bottom of the person and work out whether they work in that ensemble cast. Thank you. And for the last question, I'm going to the lady at the end there who's had a hand up um, diligently for the most part. You were very left heavy. Yeah. I was, I was. Yeah. I only apologize. I'm going right wing now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you talked earlier a bit about how you prepared to go into the jungle. I just wondered if you had to sort of desensitize when you left, because we've been through quite a lot of experiences. Yeah, each of us actually said that the first night, none of us could sleep. So the first night after coming out, none of us had a night's sleep. I think we all stayed up, maybe had one hour, two hours sleep, because I think it was adjusting to, you know, sleeping literally in the middle of the jungle, no sounds apart from the creatures mm. and the animals, but having the best night's sleep ever, literally, because there's like nothing around yeah. you, yeah. nothing to stimulate your brain, like no phones, nothing like that before bed. So we slept so good. And then you come out and it's like, there's so many emotions and there's so much you want to know. Like you want to talk to your family. You want to know what's happening. I think I watched YouTube all night the first night <laughs> I came out because I was like, what have people seen? But actually everyone, everyone does that. Nobody sleeps well when they come out. Yeah. I've had people move and the Versace bed is probably the most comfortable bed I've ever yeah. slept in. I've had them move the mattress onto the floor <laughs> because they wanted to sort of feel like they were sleeping on the floor again. I, Scott can vouch for this. I'm still going through a sleeping dilemma because <laughs> I had such a, he's moved up there now. Um, I, I, uh, I normally wouldn't sleep air conditioning on in the house in Palm Springs. Stuff, I cannot sleep now without the, the door open or the window. I have to have the screen, the, our big glass doors at the back of the house open so I can feel the outside. And he's freezing. <laughs> and even in the hotel where we're staying at the moment, I have the window open it's something about the outside being in, yeah. having slept outside now for three weeks, hearing the rain, being in the rain, mm. being out there. I just have a very difficult time of shutting doors and in being in a quiet, decent, that room. I like to hear the outside. So I'm still going through it. <laughs> <laughs> We're all still dealing with it. We're all still dealing with it. <laughs> but I didn't, have, I didn't have trouble sleeping the first night, did I, Scott? Not at all. <laughs> I was like, I was like, huh? Ow. <laughs> I was okay. Oh. Yeah, but I have trouble sleeping now. Oh. Weird. See? It's changed your life forever, clearly. Caught um, up. We yeah. have run out of time. I'm so sorry. We could talk about I'm a Celebrity all night. I want to thank you for your brilliant questions and thank the panel for being so interesting and insightful. Thank you. Thank you.